0: Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your love and mercies toward us. You are our creator and sustainer. You are our redeemer and friend. And Father, uh, we thank you and we worship you. We praise your name. I'm so thankful we could be in your house this morning and know that your spirit is here with us. Know that we have your word to guide us and to direct our lives and your spirit to empower us to walk according to your will. I thank you and, and praise your holy name. I thank you for... Uh, the lessons that went forth already this morning from your word to the children to the adults in the sunday school hour and what a blessing father to to hear thy truth and to be challenged by Thy word and father to draw closer to you through that help us lord in that and and father uh, we just pray now i pray for the filling of your spirit lord help me uh, ministering that which you have for us from your word this morning and Help my dear wife and fill her with your spirit, relaying the message in sign. Help those in the nursery watching the children, father and blessed there. And God, how how uh, how wonderful it is uh, to know your love for us, to know your care for us, to know the future from your word, to know uh, where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. And Father, we are so thankful that you have sent your son. Uh, to die for us on the cross and to rise again that through faith in Jesus Christ uh, we may enjoy eternal life uh, Lord that begins now and goes on uh, through, all, through all eternity and Father may those uh, with us this morning here or online who may not know uh, that, uh, that they're saved maybe they don't know their sins are forgiven maybe they never come to you Father, for that, I pray that somehow you'd speak to their hearts, help them to realize that uh, your Son has died for them, risen again, that they'll come to him in repentance and faith. He will give them the gift of eternal life. Father, for all of us who have received that, we are now eternally debtors to you, and we ought to live our life for you, as the Word says, just because we're already saved, and we've already trusted your Son and been born again. And Father, help us in that, to grow more in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And Father, in all things, help us to give you the praise and the glory. We do ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. On Sunday morning, we are uh, looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he is preaching this to his disciples. So we have uh, instruction here whereby we can grow um, as, as believers. Now, some commentators look at this passage and they associate it only to Our, our initial salvation when, when a person trusts Christ as their savior turning in their hearts from their sin and asking Jesus to forgive them and save them immediately the penalty we deserve of hell is removed uh, heaven as a home that we don't deserve is guaranteed uh, and, we, and we are to grow after that some people uh, look at this passage and say it only has to do with the Christian what, the, what God makes the Christian to be once he's saved and what God has for the Christian ultimately in eternity. That's really the only thing it deals with is what some commentators say. By the way some I, I respect but disagree with him on that point. Uh, some would say blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are are they that mourn blessed are they that meek well that's what God makes every Christian when you're born again you will become poor in spirit when you're born again you will mourn Uh, when you're born again you will be meek when you're born again you will hunger and thirst after righteousness that's true of every Christian by the way I think that is to a degree And it's also true of every Christian that one day, uh, rather that the poor in spirit, immediately when they're saved, what? Become rich. You're you're automatically rich when you say, well, you know they're not. You have the riches of Christ at your your disposal. Uh, Those that mourn, one day they'll be comforted. There'll be a lot of mourning on this earth because it's a sin-cursed earth and we have a sinful nature still. One day we'll be comforted. Uh, it's for those who, real, who, who realized they needed to be saved so they thirsted for righteousness, they got saved now Jesus Christ has declared them righteous that's all it's talking about there, now they're full well those things are true, I, uh, uh, I would agree but I think, and you say well how do I know if you're right preacher you're supposed to be checking that out, amen <laughs> Uh I'm giving you what I I see in the Scripture is that there are applications to make today for these things. Applications in our Christian life along the way. We've been looking at some of those. See, not only when we get saved, we mourn because of our sin. Why? Because we realize that our sin made us worthy of hell. By the way, how many people are worthy of hell in their own nature? every single one the preacher's hands up first okay then you get saved and God gives you the gift of eternal life even though you still deserve it and I still deserve it we all do God what? He takes away that penalty He does that's wonderful but don't we also mourn over our sin after we're saved? yes we do Isn't there a practical application where I mourn over my sin that affects my relationship with God? I believe so. And I think if we're not careful in our Christian lives, we can become calloused about those things. See, there are some out there that teach this teaching. If you are a true Christian... You will ultimately become a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. You will be following Him, walking with Him, and you will be living with Him and for Him and for His praise. You will be a mature disciple when you die. Guaranteed in salvation. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I think a Christian can fail. Die miserably in their sin and be ashamed of the judgment seat of Christ. Lose many rewards, perhaps even all of them. And yet be in heaven. And to me, that makes these practical applications for today most important, amen? (laughs) Most important. And so we're going to continue to glean those. I pray we've been gleaning them already, and how are we going to practically apply these things uh, to our lives from the beatitudes? Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they uh, shall obtain mercy. Word, merciful, mercy, pity, uh, compassion. God wants us to be merciful as believers. Uh, We've all heard the definitions of grace and mercy. Those are two wonderful words in the Bible, amen? Uh, They're wonderful uh, gifts of God to to us in, in a sense. We've heard the definition of grace. Well, grace is goodness received from God that we don't deserve. We've heard that. And then we've heard mercy defined this way well mercy is judgment or retribution from God that we deserve but he withholds it that's mercy well I would say that's true but I would caution us regarding this those things are those terms are not exclusive you see, the Bible doesn't use mercy in just that way. And we'll see that this morning. Mercy has a much broader meaning. Matter of fact, mercy and grace in our, in, in, uh, in our Bible are often used synonymously. <laughs> Speaks of the goodness and kindness of God to us. And, uh, and, 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 and we'll look at that and see that. Uh, mercy and grace are kind of two sides of the same coin. Like repentance and faith, Paul talked about preaching the gospel, and he wrote in Acts twenty twenty one that he testified, both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith are what two sides of the same coin. When you realize you're a sinner. Worthy of death. The wages of sin is death. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You realize you're a sinner worthy of that. Repentance toward God. If if your heart is open to God, you are sorry that you have sinned against God. Well, what's the cure? What's the answer for that? Well, God has provided that. Faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) We're sorry you've sinned against God. We're worthy of judgment. We turn to the provision that He has made and that is faith in Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's the only thing. It's not faith in how well you can do after that. It's just faith in Jesus that He'd done it all. That He did come in on that donkey. Uh, uh, on, 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 on this we celebrate and remember this Sunday that, that He was crucified uh, in the coming week as we celebrate on Easter. That He rose again. All that is the full payment. Amen. He's a sinless son of God. He did that for every person. Why? Because as I said, every person needs it. There's not a single person that doesn't need to be saved and born again. Not a single one. And he did that. Faith. Repentance of faith. Two sides of the same coin. We think about uh, David and Bathsheba. And the sins that he made. Remember David sent the troops out to war. And he decided to stay home during those battles. And he saw Bathsheba. And he lusted after her. And he, drew, he took her into his palace. And committed adultery with her. Uh, she uh, became pregnant with his child. And so David went further. Uh, and sent a letter to Joab. Who I believe he, he held on to that letter for a while it seems some of the liberties that he took with David anyway he sent a letter to Joab put Uriah in the front of the battle of the hottest battle so he can be killed that's what what Joab did so David committed adultery to cover it up he had Uriah Bathsheba's husband murdered but he repented of that and He received mercy. 2 Samuel 12, 13, the prophet Nathan told him that. You're the man. God knows what you've done. You're guilty. David recognized that. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. What was that? That was mercy because the law of Moses required death on two counts for David if he committed adultery in the law of Moses in the Jewish law uh, it was punishable by death he'd done that if he committed murder it was punishable by death by the way that preceded the law of Moses punishable by death he was guilty of death on two counts yet God let him go Nathan uh, spoke God's word We say that was mercy. Yes, it was. He didn't get what he deserved. Yes, that's true. But wasn't it also grace? What else did he get? He got to live. Life is... uh, uh, The grace of of life comes from God. It's called the grace of life. (laughs) So he got what? Mercy and grace. See, when we look at mercy, when we get mercy look at the flip side of it we realize we also got grace (laughs) and by the way when we get grace we look at the other side of it we also got mercy we'll 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 see that as we go through it as we go through the lesson this morning they kind of travel together Hebrews 4 16 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy mercy and find grace to help in time of need. They travel together. Brother Chris was looking in in Daniel chapter 7 about how God is a holy God and He he often uh, uh, is is represented in flames and, and flaming ministers. He is a holy God and He judges sin. Who can come before His throne and not die? Well, we can do you know why? Because Jesus Christ purchased what? Mercy for us. <laughs> when we, we come before that front, we don't die. Because of us, no, because of Jesus Christ. And yet, what do we come for? We come to front, we obtain mercy. We don't have to die because what Jesus did. And we what? Find grace. Same time. <laughs> and then God helps us with our requests and our supplication. Mercy and grace traveling together. So we'll see that as we look at the lesson this morning. Blessed are the merciful. Point number one, uh, as we follow Christ, we, we will have merciful hearts. We will have merciful hearts. When you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. By the way, not a moment before, <laughs> he comes to abide in you, and he begins to change you. We call it the fruits of the spirit from the inside out. You say, "Well, preacher, I know that list—fruits of the spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, long suffering, and on and on. Mercy's not in there, preacher." Well, mercy's a kind of a combination, I think, of some of those fruits. It's a mixture of long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, that kindness. Ephesians 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And so uh, we have merciful hearts because the Spirit brings that forth in our hearts. Colossians 3.12, Put on, therefore... As the elect of God, that's just talking about being saved, holy and belo- holy and beloved. That's what God looks at us at. How He looks at us in Christ, we are to put on bowels of mercies, compassions of mercies, bowels of mercies. And the list goes on: Humble, uh, humbleness. Let's let's back that up and say kindness, <laughs> uh, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, but bowels of mercies. Realizing the mercies that God showed us by providing our salvation ought to what? Compel us to be merciful to others. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 tells us that I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why, as a believer, should you be wanting to live a holy life by reading the Word of God, by praying for God to deliver you from sin, me from sin, by praying to God to bring forth His righteousness into our lives so that not only do we have righteous standing, but we have righteous practices Why should we do that? Because of all the mercy God poured into your salvation and mine. And that's why we ought to be merciful to others. Did I deserve the goodness that God gave me in salvation? Absolutely not. Then I ought to be willing to give goodness toward those who don't deserve it from me. Amen? God says, you be like me. You didn't deserve the goodness I gave you. Now you go out and be good and kind to people who don't deserve it from you. That's mercies, isn't it? By the way, that's that's hard for us to do. We don't do that in the flesh, folks, okay? It'll be the Holy Spirit uh, working that through us, that's for sure. We're to be merciful uh, in, in 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 that respect. Some places where The scripture kind of uses mercy and grace as a synonym. As synonyms, I'll just share a few. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His what? His mercy He saved us. And then what's it say? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2.8 for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself is the gift of God we're saved according to his mercy we're saved by grace Say, 1 Peter 1 3 blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope what's he talking about being saved it's according to his mercy. It's according to his grace. Uh, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 10, he addresses the lost, saved, and they're remembering their, before they got saved, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What's he talking about in the context? Salvation. (laughs) Didn't have salvation before, now they have it. But what did he call it? Mercy. Mercy. Uh, In 1 Peter 1.13, we are to hope for the end... Uh, hope, hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of jesus christ yes god's gracious to us now <laughs> yes god's mercy to full to us now believers and even to, and even to the lost but folks the greatest of our mercy and the greatest of our grace is yet to come amen <laughs> and that'll be when we're with him He'll come back and get us or we'll die and go to be with Him first, one or the other. We'll we really know mercy and grace then, folks. It's yet to come. And Peter looked at it that way. Listen to how James puts it. Or Jude, rather. Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the what? Mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. They're kind of speaking synonymously the same thing. Be looking for Jesus. Grace and mercy. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> In Matthew 18, Jesus gives a parable of, of how we ought to be forgiving because he forgave us. He talks about a, 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 a master, or a, a servant rather, a servant who owed his lord or his master a hundred or rather 10,000 talents a servant who owes his master 10,000 talents and he talks about another who owed his uh, and and that servant uh he owed his master 10,000 talents and his master just forgave him and then that servant went out and he found one uh somebody that was one of his servants and, that's, and his servant owed him only a hundred pence. And he wouldn't forgive him. Wouldn't forgive him. And the, his Lord found out about that. And the Bible says, uh, Thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. We ought to have mercy. Why? Because God's merciful to us. By the way, if you compare that 10,000 talents and that 100 pence, that's a ratio of 600,000 to one. (laughs) 600,000 to one. That was the difference between what they owed. God forgave, the, I believe, the, 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 the initial master that rep represents the Lord. He forgave all that 10,000 talents debt. And yet that one servant wouldn't forgive a hundred pence The one. 600,000 to one. We ought to be merciful. Matthew 10, 25. It is enough for the disciple to that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. Luke put it this way, Luke 6, 40. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. That's what we're talking about here, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Perfect being the idea of mature. None of us are sinlessly perfect. But if we are mature, what? We will become as our master, like him. How is he? Well, Hebrews 2.17 says, in all things it behooved him, Jesus Christ, to be made like his brethren, that he might be a what? Merciful and faithful high priest. Now we'll never be a high priest. He's our high priest and our king. But you know what? He's merciful and faithful and we are to be as him if, we're, if we are going to be a disciple of Christ we are to be merciful and we are to be faithful as we follow Christ uh, we will have let's say are merciful they obtain mercy we will have merciful hearts number two what do we see as we follow uh, the Lord as we follow uh, Christ we will have merciful hands merciful hands What am I I saying? You see, mercy shows forth itself in service, in action, in our ministry to others. We see that. What is mercy in this passage talking about here? It's talking about, uh, it's going to be demonstrated, it's going to be shown in dealings with others. Mercy, in this case, is compassion or pity that is shown in kind words and deeds toward others, especially to those who have abused or defrauded us in some way, or to those who are poor, weak, and helpless. It's kind of the idea of what being merciful is. In that parable that I shared in the previous point, the Lord said, Shouldest thou all? not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? That word "had compassion" there comes from the same word as "merciful" and mer- "and mercy" in this text. It comes from the same same word. So it was an, an action that people could see—that <laughs> forgiveness that he gave. That kind deed that we do. Uh, that that merciful, mercifulness that we do. To be like our Father. Brother Chris mentioned that this morning. In, in Matthew chapter 5. We, are, we want to be like the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he, our Father, maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You see that? We're just supposed to be kind and good to people whether they deserve it or not, amen? And especially, by the way, as believers, especially when they don't, amen? Because that's when God shows through us, amen? That's when God shows through us. Blessed are the merciful. It's an action. Remember uh, when blind Bartimaeus was sitting uh, there in the area of Jericho and Jesus came along. And he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, what? Have what? Mercy on me. What did he want? I think he wanted Jesus to he, to, 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 he was blind. He wanted Jesus to make him see. <laughs> That's what he meant by have mercy on me. You see, the meaning is it's broader many times than the little box we tried to put it in. <laughs> uh The Jews uh, persecuted the church in the first century there. We know if you follow the places where the Apostle Paul started church, it was often the Jews who rejected Christ. And by the way, Gentiles who rejected Christ too. You know, some try to, people try to blame it all on the Jews. No, it was both Gentiles and Jews, both are crucified, him. amen? It was the whole world. But the Jews had some. A privileged position in the fact that God had given them the Scriptures and He brought the Messiah through them. And for a while, He worked with them. But God began doing something a little different. He began to use Jews and Gentiles together in one body to glorify His name. That's what we call the church today. And Paul was teaching about that shift and that change there in Romans nine through eleven. And he, he writes this in Romans 11:31 Even so now have have these all how, have these also now not believed he was talking about the Jews that had rejected Christ that through your mercy gent church gentiles and Jews alike that through your mercy he said uh, that through your mercy they would obtain mercy they also may obtain mercy. What was he saying there? He was saying, they've rejected me. But you haven't. But now, through your mercy, what was was their mercy? Give them the gospel. They may obtain mercy. What? Salvation. That's what the context is talking about. But be merciful to them. Yes, they persecuted you. Yes, they drove you out of the synagogues. But when you speak to those very, very people that did that, you give them the gospel. They can still be saved, amen? They can still be saved. That merciful. And so, uh, have have had compassion. That's the same word there. Uh, uh, as, as mercy merciful up there uh, so that it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of God that showeth mercy what is he talking about there in Romans 9 God had set aside set aside the Jews he was not using them so much for his glory as he was before his glory was now f- uh, going through the church and, and by, by the way uh, on what basis did he did that he chose to do that <laughs> that's what he's talking about there he chose to do that he showed mercy what? to the Gentiles and and he's merciful to them merciful uh mercy, mercy is to be shown uh We are talking about the gifts that are given to us at salvation. And Paul t- speaks of those. He says, if, you've been, you, know, if you have the gift of exhortation, then focus on exhortation. He that giveth, you know, focus on giving. And he goes on, he that what? Showeth mercy with cheerfulness. See, it's a co- kind of a combination of some give, that, 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 that ministry of, uh, of sh- showing good to others, doing good to others, even, even especially those who don't deserve it. That idea. Showing it. Something it shows. Brother Chris was here this morning. Uh, I don't have it up there. But, but uh, Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again. But the righteous, what? Showeth mercy. Showeth mercy. And giveth. See, mercy's got to be shown. It's got to be demonstrated. Even God showeth his mercy. It's demonstrated. So we will have merciful hands and we will be merciful to others as we want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Thirdly and finally, as we follow Christ, we will have, I believe, merciful help. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy now as I've mentioned some have limited that to this explanation well now that you're saved you'll become merciful and in the end you won't go to hell you'll receive mercy that's true of everyone who's been born again but I think God has more for us than that (laughs) He's got something for us right now, I think, in this. And I think it goes along with another law God's given us in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, what? That shall he also reap. That shall he also reap. Uh, I believe if we're merciful... To others, there'll come a time in our life when we're going to need some mercy from somebody else here on this planet. And I think God, according to His discretion, will give that. I don't think it's a promise to claim. You know, God always does. God does so 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 far more for us than He's promised in His Word. <laughs> he, always, he goes above and beyond. He promised what? To provide our needs, didn't He? How many of you here this morning have more than your needs? No. Amen. We're, we're, by the way, if you have a roof over your head uh, and, and, and more than one suit of clothes and, and, and you're going to eat more than once this morning, you can raise your hand. You have more than your needs, okay? And God only promised what? He'll provide all our needs. (laughs) Yet He pours it on, doesn't He? Yet He pours it on. Uh, Mercy. In that parable where one man owed 10,000 talents and was forgiven, that's like God's forgiveness. And he turned around and wouldn't forgive his servant who only owed him 100 pence. God rebuked that. And the parable says this His Lord was, it says, Shouldest thou not have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? End of discussion? No. Yes, he should have. But it goes on. So likewise. Shall my heavenly father. Do also unto you. If ye from your hearts. Forgive not everyone. His brother their trespasses. Talks about delivering him to the debtors. Till he paid in the full. I tell you what. I, I think God's talking about there. At least in part. That. Servant wouldn't forgive his servant that only owed him a little bit. Made him suffer, put him in prison, put him through lots of earthly suffering. What till he should pay it all? Did that was, was that servant putting his servant, the one that he was making suffer? Was he putting him in hell? No. He was putting him through a lot of earthly sufferings. Till he paid it all. You know what God says? I'll do that. You don't find you find that you can't be merciful. There'll come a time when you need mercy from somebody else, and guess what? You won't find it. You won't find it. Anybody have ever have an officer officer pull you over, and he just gives you a warning? But you weren't merciful to your friend last week. And this officer, it's the first time he's pulled you over. And you get that $450 fine handed to you in the window. (laughs) If you'd have been merciful, you might have received mercy. At God's discretion, he doesn't promise that not saying he promised well I was merciful no God didn't keep his promise I got that $450 ticket I'm not saying that okay I'm just saying it seems to be a way that God works I mentioned some time ago we had an old 66 Cadillac Calais big old boat two doors each door was about twice as long as this piano (laughs) uh, they were huge you know And a pampered poodle truck slammed their brakes in, uh, on in front of me. Or I, actually, I I braked at a red yield sign, and she came up behind me and clobbered me. It was a red yield sign, so you're supposed to it was in Florida, so you're supposed to stop. Knocked me right out into the intersection. Bent the bent the hitch up on that Cadillac. Had a hitch on the back bumper. Did a number on the front of her her van. She got out and she was weeping and crying and just, you know, she had to go see your boss and, and, you know, and, uh, and basically I told her, listen, don't worry about it. you got greater problems. I gave her a track and said, don't, don't worry about it. Went on my way. Not, but a couple weeks afterward, I'm in bumper to bumper traffic. Long story short, I bumped the lady in front of me. My nice trim on that Cadillac was, was nice, solid chrome. Wasn't none of this plastic stuff, okay? <laughs> Poked a little hole in her, in, in her trunk. This elderly lady, we didn't have a lot of money or anything, this elderly lady gets out and says, pretty much, oh, don't worry about it. You know what I received? I received mercy. I received Galatians 6 7 whatsoever man saw it, that shall he also reap but again I'm not saying that that's a promise in in, in this sense but God what showed me mercy God does more than he promises so often Uh, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you do ye even so to them for this is the law and the prophets isn't that how God works a lot of times many times how we treat others we find ourselves treated like that some like that somewhere on down the road good or bad amen it seems like God works those things uh, that those mercies of God, he shows them to us in life. Uh, uh, and we need those mercies. I think about the merciful help that God sends. In Psalm uh, twenty-seven, thirteen. David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, David said, I I don't know that I would have stayed close to God. I think I would have gave up if I hadn't seen some of God's mercies in my life. What? Right now. I I know the prophet said, you know, though the fields are barren and though the stalls are empty and all those things that we ought to worship and praise God. And we should. That's for sure. But you know what? In our weakness, we probably would faint away. Romans 12, 1 uh, says, uh, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, it's your reason, which is your reasonable service. In other words, after salvation, What? If God never answered another prayer. If God never did another good thing for us in our lives after salvation. We should serve him faithfully. Amen. We should. That is true. But let me tell you how many of us would make it in faithfulness if he didn't. Probably none of us. Probably none of us. I'm sure the prophet found himself discouraged later on after that too and had to cry out for, you know, for, for God to help and deliver in some way. Think about that. Uh, I look at it through David. David was receiving just punishments from God with all his family troubles, God had, prof- God had told him uh, that he was going to have trouble in his families because of the sins he committed, and they came. And so David is fleeing Jerusalem because his own son Absalom wants to kill David and be king in his place. I tell you, that's a great punishment, isn't it? To have your own son want to take your life. And so he's fleeing, and the Bible says he came to Behurim, and there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei the son of he came forth and cursed still as he came now we have someone come cursing David he's fleeing Jerusalem with with his uh, uh, folks the Bible says Shimei he cast stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left and folks David had some mighty men okay I wouldn't be cursing David with those folks he had at his side. Apparently, Shimei had enough distance from him to get a good head start, I think, so he wasn't too worried about it. Shimei said when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou son of Belial. Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul. David didn't spill the blood of the house of Saul. The Lord laid upon thee all the old blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken to thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. And he goes on cursing David. Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, to the king, <laughs> uh, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go, I pray thee, and take off his head. There's justice. <laughs> And the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah, uh, his, his sister, his own nephews? Uh, so let him, let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth of my bowels seeketh my life how much more now may this Benjamin do it let him alone and let him curse and here it is for the lord had bidden him it may be the lord will look on mine affliction and the lord will requite me good for his cursing this day did you get that you know what david said i'm hoping i'm worthy of this punishment from god no doubt about it matter of fact I look at it from God, not Shimei. But I'm going to be merciful to Him. As a king, I could, I could tell Abishai, go ahead, do it. I'm going to refrain. And in hope, I'm going to look for the goodness of the Lord. I think maybe he experienced that before. God will help me in some way. He just will. His hope wasn't, wasn't a promise, just God's nature. He, he had a relationship with God. He was a man for God's own heart. And it gave him, spirit led him to do that. I'm going to take his punishment. I'm going to show mercy to Shimei, and I'm just going to hope that it comes back, on, back to me later on. By the way, in a sense, it did. When Absalom was killed, Joab, David went in there and cried and wept, and, and all the people fled, all the people that had saved David's life and his soldiers they all went home because David was in there weeping for him the only one he cared about it seemed was Absalom and Absalom had lost his life and all the people go home now and Joab called him to attention (laughs) he had to call these people back and eventually David called the people back and there was a reconciliation between him and the people in that he was acknowledging that they actually had done him good so in a sense the mercy did come (laughs) but we see that You know, I wonder, I think about this. I think about Ruth. Remember when she came and she was gleaning in the field of Boaz? And what what a hard life, huh? But what did Boaz command? Let fall for her, what, some handfuls of purpose. Now think about that. Were those handfuls of purpose promised? Nope. Would Ruth have made it without those? Would she have continued faithful without those? We don't know. But this I can tell you. I'm sure they were encouragement to keep her going. Amen. (laughs) And in our weakness... How many times have we seen God's mercy fall that he didn't promise? Because it was a time when we were weak. And as David said, except I had hoped to see the goodness of the Lord, I had fainted, except I hoped to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And as God had shown us that mercy, we would have fainted in that trial, wouldn't we? I wonder if that's that deliverance that God promises sometime in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, <laughs> but will with a temptation, here it is, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. <laughs> Maybe God was looking down and saying, Ruth's going to give up. I'm gonna move on Boaz's heart, have him drop some handfuls of purpose for. It. I don't know. Somehow, when it gets heavy, what God makes a way for us to escape, so we don't have to sin, doesn't He? He does. He does that. He's done that multiple times. And just like God's been merciful to us, given us far beyond what He promised or what we deserve. God says, now by the power of, your, of my spirit, you see, well, I want you to be merciful to others. Let me work through you, especially to those who have not been kind to you, to those who have abused you, to those who are weak and can't be helped in any way, to those stricken in poverty, perhaps such. Be merciful. Show kind deeds. God makes His rain fall what on the just and the unjust. And God says, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." We have it guaranteed in heaven for sure. But I believe we'll see it now, too, when we need it most. If we'll show it to someone else, when they need it. Otherwise, we may end up like the sad end of that parable. Not finding any mercy from the one we needed at the time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your mercies to, to, to us, God. They're so great. And we sang for is so great. What, what return can I make? For mercy so constant and sure. Father, uh, your promises are sure. And your mercies abound. And God, we thank you and praise you for that. And now we look at your word. We want to be your disciples. And you have told us through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And God, you've put your Holy Spirit in our heart who will compel us to mercifulness. He'll not force us. We'll need to yield to the drawing of your Spirit. We'll need to pray to you and ask you to help us uh, live in manners that we've heard from your word this morning, both during Sunday school and during this message. We'll need to yield to your Spirit to reap all the benefits of that. And I pray that you would help us to do it for our good and for your glory. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.